Are you a child of God? Or are you his enemy? That's a really, really important question to ask oneself. We may not see God's punishment yet, his his wrath, his fury. But that doesn't mean that it's not coming. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world, Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. One Little Candle is a member of the Christian Podcast Community, where you'll not only find great podcasts like this, but you'll also find great podcasts such as these. Hi, I'm Sharon Wilharm, host of All God's Women podcast and internationally syndicated radio show. I'd love to invite you to join me as we bring to life the stories of women in the Bible and discover their relevance for our lives today. Listen at allgodswomen.com, your favorite podcast platform, or at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. So check it out at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for joining me. I hope your summer's going well. Um, mine has been very busy. We just got back from a family, mini family vacation and spending time with the grandkids. And um, needless to say, it's certainly been a lot of fun, but um, I'm tired. <laughs> the grandkids have a lot more energy, obviously, than Nana and Papa do. But um, it's still a lot of fun to be with them anyway. And between gardening and harvesting and food preservation, well, running a a little behind on the podcast, and I really miss doing this, so I'm trying to um, get back on track here again. So again, I'm so glad that you have joined me today. And what I want to talk about today are um, the two, I guess you could say the two faces of God. I've titled this, Which God Will You Choose? Because... We have a choice um, whether or not to choose God, accept him or reject him. And so what I want to do is I want to contrast 
the two gods, if you will, the same God, but um, which which part of him, which side of him that we choose. And so I want to start out talking about those that know God, that know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the truly saved, regenerate Christian. I want to start off with a verse from the Psalms, and it's Psalm 34, 8, and this is from the NLT version. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. So obviously for the Christian, I'm a Christian, and if you're a Christian, we know that God is good. Of course, he's good even if you're not a Christian, right? He's still the same good God. But um, we have joys in him, and we have a refuge in him as a believer, something that the unbeliever does not have. So for me as a Christian, God is love and he is all things good. And of course, I do not mean that God is love in the way that the world says, oh, God is love. Their love that they're talking about is a completely different kind of love. Um, They're basing it on the human fickle kind of love, um, very shallow type of love and self-benefiting kind of love. You know, I think of the the precious baby just born to proud, weepy-eyed parents and the stars that God so carefully placed in the sky for us to enjoy, the refreshing breeze that blows through your hair on a hot summer day, all these wonderful, wonderful things that come from God that we don't even sometimes acknowledge or, or realize in his goodness. But even more importantly, God takes great care of those who've called upon him in the name of his son, Jesus, and surrendered their lives to him. Psalm 86, 5 tells us, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in a steadfast love to all who call upon you. And God's grace in the life of the believer. It's amazing, right? Sounds like a song. (laughs) But this grace, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve his grace. We don't deserve his love, his forgiveness, his mercy. None of that we deserve. But yet, because of Jesus... That is exactly what our Heavenly Father bestows upon us. He bestows it upon us lavishly. And so because of that as a Christian, I can confidently say the following things about God. When I am down, he lifts me up. Psalm 3, 3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. And Psalm 113.7 also says, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. When I am treated wrongly, God, he's on my side. He's on your side, my friend. So if he's on our side, we need not fear. We shall not fear, right? Psalm 118 verses 6 and 7 say this, the Lord is on my side as my helper, and I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. And Romans 8.31, the second half of the verse says, If God is for us, who can be against us? What about times when we're in need? When we need someone to talk to? God is always there to listen. He's our friend. Psalm 34.17 tells us, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. 
And First Peter 3.12, the first part of the verse says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. Our God hears us. He listens to us with attentive ears, right? He hears our cries for help. And what about when, as always, we make mistakes or we do wrong? What does our God do? He lovingly convicts us, right? And he bestows mercy on you and I time and time again. Lamentations 3 verses 22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Another thing that as believers that God is for us is our rock, our refuge, our strength, our fortress, and our salvation. Psalm 18.12 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So again, so many things that our God is for us as believers, right? And they're all good. They're all positive. They're all, um, they're blessings. You know, God brings me unending peace and joy in this dark, troubled, and chaotic world. And look, this world is, I swear, it's getting worse by the minute. The news headlines just keep getting uglier and uglier. And you can just see evil really, um, it feels like it's taken over. And a lot of people are stressed, they're anxious, they're having mental health issues. But for us as believers, we should, amidst all the troubles, have peace because God has promised us peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Psalm sixteen eleven says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. And lastly, the last thing I was thinking about was that God will never forsake us or let us down. So if he's not going to forsake us or let us down, as he's promised so many times in his word, we need not fear, right? Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that, my friend, is the God that as believers... We are so blessed beyond measure to know, right? Total, nothing but blessings, nothing but goodness and mercy and grace and love and peace. Um, you know, a refuge, our fortress, our rock. He, he hears us. He listens to us. He knows us. He cares about us. So many wonderful, wonderful privileges that we have as believers. But there is a flip side to all this. And tragically, there are many people who will never have the astounding privilege of knowing the God that we know. Because there will be those who choose to reject the God of love, the God of peace and of joy and refuge and hope. And so for these people, God's going to be a God of unspeakable wrath. He is. And I know people don't want to hear it, but that's the truth. And so 
perhaps if someone is listening to me today and you don't know God or you're not even sure if you do, what I'm going to share is what's going to be ahead for you. And I don't want this for you at all. Um, God doesn't want this for you. You have a choice to make, but I'm going to share some things here. And for those of us who do believe, um, we need to keep these things in mind too, because there are people we know and love who are going to know this kind of a God, this side of God and strangers. I mean, we need to care about the lost, whether we know them or not. So sometimes I think things like this are a really good reminder of what people will be, will be facing. Because the same God who amazingly and wonderfully created you and me and this earth with all of its splendor for us to enjoy, well, one day in judgment, he is going to bring it to total destruction. Second Peter 3.10 warns us, and it says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. So the same God who lifts us up as believers will be the downfall for the proud and the rebellious, for those who don't know him. Jeremiah chapter 50, verses 31 and on the first part of 32 say this, Behold, I am against you, O proud one, declares the Lord of hosts, for your day has come, the time when I will punish you. The proud one shall stumble and fall with no one to raise him up. And you know, the very same God who's on our side is going to be against those who have refused him. And the same God who listens to us, well, unfortunately, he is not going to hear when those who refuse to listen to him, when they try to, with futility, right, explain their case on the day of judgment. Zechariah 7 verse 13 says, As I called and they would not hear, so they called and I would not hear, says the Lord of hosts. Those are pretty terrifying words to me to hear that God will not hear our pleas. The God who convicts us and lovingly bestows mercy upon his children time and time again when we do wrong, he's going to condemn harshly and show no mercy to those who refuse to believe in him or acknowledge him, even though they so desperately cry out for mercy. Because in the day of judgment, there are going to be, I can only imagine the excuses and the desperate, desperate pleas for God's mercy one more chance. And Ezekiel eight eighteen says, therefore I will act in wrath. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. Sometimes when I, when I think about these contrasts, it's hard to believe that we're talking about the same God, but we are. The God who is our rock, refuge, and fortress will one day be the reason why people cry out for the rocks to fall upon them in order to find refuge from this wrath. But they will find no refuge. And Revelation chapter 6 verses 16 and 17 say this, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who was seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? 
there is no no refuge, no fortress. They're going to look for a rock and they, they will have none. They're going to want rocks to literally fall on them, hide them, crush them. Talk about the height of desperation, right? And finally, the God who is our peace and our joy as believers. Well, for unbelievers, he's going to be the God of sorrow, distress, and eternal damnation for those not written in the Lamb's book of life. Second Thessalonians 1.8 says, In flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Revelation 20.15 says, Anyone whose name was not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. These are the truths of God from God's word. Um, if you are not a believer, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, that is your certain future and there will be no changing it. There will be no pleas and cries for mercy. They won't be heard. They will not be acknowledged. They will be ignored. And you will spend an eternity in hell, in the lake of fire. And eternity, and let's not forget, it's a very long time. This is not something that we want as believers, any of our loved ones, any, anyone. We, we shouldn't want anyone to ever have to experience this, whether we know and love them or not. This is a terrible, terrible, horrible, unending fate. You know, I would just like to add a little something here because... God is, he's good. He's good to the just and the unjust, right? He's good to those who are his, and he's good to those who are at enmity with him. I mean, he, as the Bible says, he sends the rain on us all, on the just and the unjust. He provides food. He provides shelter. He is merciful even to those who reject him for the time being. But there will come a day when all that is going to come to an end for those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's a God who is for us, for those who are his, but he's also the God of against. So I'd like to read you a little something. This is by a man by the name of Marshall Siegel, and he's a staff writer at Desiring God. So yes, we have God's mercy. But he says that this mercy does not blunt the force of his justice. The justice of God is a soul-shaking, pride-shattering justice. Right before Isaiah thirty eighteen, the Lord confronts Israel for desperately turning to the armies of Egypt for rescue. It says, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you like a breach in a high wall, bulging out and about to collapse whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant and its breaking is like that of a potter's vessel that is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments not a shard is found with which to take fire from the hearth or to dip up water out of the cistern. Isaiah 30 verses 12 through 14. He says, notice the mercy of God doesn't keep him from severity. And so he asks, is the God you worship one who ever smashes rebellion against him? When you close your eyes to pray, is there ever a sense that he could, right now, 
righteously decimate billions of people for refusing and insulting him? That sin really is that repulsive and insidious? Some regular awareness of his holy furor against injustice, especially all our injustices against him, is vital to a healthy life of worship. The God of all comfort, after all, is also a consuming fire. Hebrews twelve twenty nine, and then he has this these verses in Isaiah Isaiah chapter two verses twelve and nineteen. It says, "For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. And people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of, of His Majesty when He rises to terrify the earth." This is not a cruel God left behind in the Old Testament. This is the God of infinite mercy, the God who stoops in Christ to gently lift you out of your sin will one day terrify the nations again. His justice may be hidden for a time beneath his staggering patience, but its devouring fire will soon consume his enemies. Are you a child of God or are you? his enemy. That's a really, really important question to ask oneself. We may not see God's punishment yet, his, his wrath, his fury, but that doesn't mean that it's not coming. So as Christians, we would do well to remember that the God who stoops low, who through Christ, who has embraced us, who loves us, who has granted us his mercy and his grace and his love and his forgiveness and his compassion and his kindness and his goodness. He is that same God who will one day deliver justice and a swift and terrifying justice to those who are not his. So let us be thankful as Christians, right, that we are not included in that. Thank him every day several times a day because I think sometimes I'm guilty of this too. We take for granted his goodness and his mercy. We really, really do. And I think as as this man had said that it really does wonders for our worship of him when we stop to remember the other side of God and that he could at any minute just wipe us out and rightfully so. So as believers, you know, it's a great reminder for us to let's continue with the gospel. Let's, and I'm not talking about that watered down gospel that we're hearing out there all the time. I'm talking about the gospel that calls, calls upon people to repent of their sins, that talks about heaven and hell, talks about our depravity, our desperate situation before a holy and righteous God. You know, we, we cannot be seeking to please this culture and tickle their ears. This is what has gotten us in all the trouble that we're into now, church. Um, I think so much of the church is to blame for what we are experiencing in this world right now. You know, the church drifting out there in the seas forgot to put down their anchor. And we just drifted along with the rest of the world and everyone else. And it's it's so sad. There's also that remnant of the church, the faithful remnant that is faithful and true to the gospel and is living out the gospel. 
that does know the true God of the Bible and is sharing that gospel. It has not acquiesced to the ideologies in this culture, but a lot of the church has. I'm seeing it more and more, and it just it just breaks my heart. Um, we need to stand firm. We need to contend for the faith. We need to stand firm to the end, and we should have a sense of desperation about us right now in these these last dark days. We can't be asleep. We just cannot be asleep. That's how this week... I want us to be that one little candle. Let's not forget, we are lights. We are lights in the darkness. And they need to be burning bright for him. Not just barely flickering, okay? Start with your family and your friends. Work out from there, your community. Whatever ways God has called you, you know, let's use social media for good things, right? Facebook and Instagram. Let's stop focusing on the the shallow stuff and let's really get into the deep stuff here and start sharing that on the internet. And if some people choose not to follow us anymore because of our beliefs, oh well, it's hardly a loss, I would say. No great loss. But let's, let's stand strong in the truth. Please, please let your light shine bright. Be that bright light in the darkness. Dispel it with your light. Expose it. You know, we um, we can't be friends with the world and friends with Christ at the same time. It doesn't work that way. And God has made that clear. I don't can't think of the verse, but it's to be, you know, um, friendship with the world is enmity with God. You can't have your foot in both. It's one or the other. We're either for him or we're against him. There is no neutral zone. There's no in between. It's just how it is. And I know it's not easy as the lies are growing and becoming even more complex. Um, and we're being looked at as <laughs> enemies, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, that's kind of to be expected. And that's part of picking up our cross and carrying our cross, right? Taking up our cross. So be that one little candle this week. Get the gospel out there to people. Live the truth in your own life. Look at your life and see where it needs to change. Ask yourselves. Check out your family life, even even within your own home. I've, I've had to do this, and I haven't liked the realization that's come upon me that hmm, if someone were to come in here and spend a few days with us, would they would they know that we were Christians? Would we seem really different from the world? Let's examine that and see if we really are different from the world in our daily lives, even within our own homes. Let's do that. And if you are listening to this and you are not a believer, you have not repented of your sinfulness and given your life over to Jesus Christ, believed upon, believed in him, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, um, I would direct you to peacewithgod.net. It's the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and it's a wonderful website um, there where you can actually even do a little study. You can come to know Jesus, know all about God, and even have a discipleship coach with you to walk you along the way through it. I was a discipleship coach for a while there. 
um, it's really, it really is a wonderful, wonderful way to learn about God, learn about who we are and who he is. Again, it's peacewithgod.net. Check it out. Time is running out. You don't even know if you'll be alive come the end of the day or even the next hour. We just don't. We always assume we're going to, but when I think of the billions of people over the years that have assumed wrongly that they would be alive or that they would have time and they didn't. And Jesus is coming any day. (laughs) So yeah, that is our God. (laughs) Um, Extremely good news, great joy and peace for some and not so good news and doom and gloom and terror and destruction for others. And, you know, you and I, as believers, we were we were on that other side at one time, right? Except for God's grace and his goodness and his mercy. We came to our salvation empty-handed. We came to that cross empty-handed. We had nothing to offer. Okay? It was all, all grace, including the gift of faith to believe. All from God. All a gift undeserved. So yeah, which God will you choose or which God have you chosen? We all have a choice. Okay. So song for this week. So one of the songs I have is an interesting song. It's by a man by the name of Keith Green and it's called The Sheep and the Goats. So that's one of the songs. And I'm going to throw in the good old classic Amazing Grace. So those are the couple songs for for this week, and I will have the links to them in the podcast description as well. So, hey, if you'd like, please follow me, um, onelittlecandlepodcast.com. You can subscribe to my website or follow me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at One Little Candle Podcast. And you can hear me on any of your favorite podcast platforms as well as ChristianPodcastCommunity.org. I'm a member of the Christian Podcast Community and There are so many amazing podcasts in Christian podcast community. Please, please check them out for sure. I think they put me to shame. (laughs) So they're they're very good. I would um, highly suggest giving them a listen and and following following some of your favorites. So, okay, my friend, I hope this has blessed you today. It's good to be back at it here for sure. Next week, I have a little story I want to share. Um, it's a personal one. It was definitely, it's definitely one of those little life lessons uh, type of podcast. So join me next week for that one. All right. Until next time, you take care and God bless. Do you want to know more about God? Are you looking for true peace and hope in your life? Well, true peace and hope That's only found in God. If you want to know more about God and how you can experience his love and peace, Peace with God, a ministry of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, will show you the way. Log on to www.peacewithgod.net. That's www.peacewithgod.net. And find the peace and hope that you've been looking for.